The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV, Channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Station KB TV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada Bilagbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief barrister, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. At the cross of Calvary, when Jesus died for our sins, He allowed us to be saved by His blood making salvation free to those who seek Him. Our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing for us this thought-provoking song entitled Redeemed Medley, featuring a solo by Christy Hahn. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Masuki on the piano and Pohaku Carter on the organ.
The Word of God is above all else. It teaches people how our lives should be lived the way Jesus intended it to be. In 2 Timothy 4.2, we re-preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. The men and women of our church band under my leadership will play for us this robust number entitled, Preach the Word. <laughs>
When we pray and ask the Lord to grant us a heart of flesh, we are asking Him to mold and shape us into what we ought to be. Listen to the voice of our soloist Emilia Han as she sings this inspirational song entitled, He's Still Working on Me. Accompanying her will be Christine Han on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin on being on the bass, Trustee Associate Pastor Emmons Spoke Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. A loving ambition he must be. He's still working on me. There really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Don't judge him yet, there's an unfinished part. But I'll be perfect just according to his plan. Fashioned by the master's loving hand. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. A loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me in the mirror his word reflections that i see make me wonder he never gave up on me but he loves me as i am and helps me when i pray remember he's the potter on the clay he's still working on me to make me what i ought to be it took him just a week to make the moon and stars the sun He must be, he's still working on me, he's still working on me, to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars, the love and ambition he must be. We were all created in the image of God, as mentioned in Genesis 1, 27 and 31. So God created man in his own image, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Once again, we have our church choir sing for you this uplifting song entitled, Precious in His Sight. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen. Yes. Right. 
Part of the words of the song begins, but the angels call him Jesus. Born of a virgin, Mary called him Jesus, but I called him Lord. Ephesians 4, 6 states, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. We are blessed this morning with a flute ensemble playing this beautiful melodic tune entitled, I Call Him Lord.
This morning we have the wonderful voices of our Jubilees as they combine their voices to this comforting song entitled Love Lifted Me with a feature solo by Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. Accompanying them will be Christiana on the piano. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this number to a wonderful couple in the Lord. They are Mr. and Mrs. Noel and Rosabel Castillo of Maui. May you both be blessed with God's love pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the deep heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. Now saved am I. I want to tell you that love lifted. completely saves he will lift you by his love out of the angry waves he's the master of the sea billows his will obey he your savior wants to be be saved sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the deep heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now saved am I. Oh, yes, love, love lifted me. Lifted me. 
Praise the Lord. And good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 to 7 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website or JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m and Divine Healing Services at 7 p.m. Sunday School for All Ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Palolo, Picawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Midinao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We born-again Christians believe that God's promises are yea and amen. Therefore, His promise to return in clouds of glory for His own is not a question of if He's returning, but rather, when is he coming back to translate us to our journey's end of eternal life in God's kingdom? Therefore, I sincerely ask the Lord that the message I have entitled, Finding Truth in Deceiving Times, will cause us to seize the moment to accept Jesus as your Savior. In fact, I implore of you, don't let today become one of missed opportunity. As followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have but one aim in life, the advancement and furtherance of the gospel of the kingdom of God. As a born-again Christian, interest in the kingdom of God and of his righteousness should grow and remain paramount in our lives. 
God's work is of the greatest importance. It must exceed the lust of the eyes, lust for the flesh, and the pride of life. Jesus instructed his disciples by saying, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, this world's treasures and values will perish along with their authors and those that follow them. Using the phrase, ye shall in no case enter to the kingdom of heaven, men changes must take place in their lives unless they abandon their traditions and self-righteousness. They will not be able to hear the message he brought. Paul tells us, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In order for the whosoever, which shows no discrimination or respect of persons, to be saved, they must first have faith. And how can they have faith unless they hear the words that bring faith to them, which is the word of God? The only way for people to be saved from the consequences of sin is through Jesus Christ. In order to have faith in Jesus Christ and be saved, they must hear the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus knew hearing the words he spoke generated faith. To emphasize the point, Jesus used the lifestyles of the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees. They were proud, arrogant, and self-righteous. They are amongst the educated, respected, and men of authority. They were the lawgivers of the time and zealous in keeping the laws of Moses. Yet, as knowledgeable and disciplined as they were, ironically, they were the farthest away from understanding the message Jesus brought and from being saved. Being straightened in their own bowels left the heavy scales of unbelief over their eyes, thus preventing them from seeing and understanding what was needed to gain entrance into the kingdom of God. Can we find truth in an unbelieving world? Let's read Psalms, the 14th chapter, verses 1 to 3. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and see God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Here, infidels are referred to as fools. In other words, they who act without good sense or judgment. Surmounting sins illustrate what fools men are. We are told, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Yes, when the Lord looked down from heaven, he saw corruption, lying, abuse of authority, endless chaos, no leadership, and those who did was right in their own eyes. In spite of warnings sent through the prophets, they, knowing the consequences of sin, continued in sin. Fornication, adultery, idolatry, false prophets, and the like kept Israel in the darkness of sin. And it is keeping many in sin until this very day. It was in the fullness of times, in other words, according to God's plan, that Jesus began his ministry of salvation. 
his birth, his circumcision, and exposure to the Sanhedrin at the age of 12 are a few events from Jesus' life that preceded his ministry. Finally, as a young man at the approximate age of 30 years, he showed himself to the world as the Son of God at the River Jordan and was baptized fulfilling all righteousness. What do we know about sin? All the information about sin is found in the Bible and in the works of the devil. We are told that the wages of sin is death, but there is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus came into this unbelieving world and condemning sin in the flesh and giving eternal life through his death and sacrifice. He brought with him the ministry of reconciliation, a ministry designed to allow mankind to regain the image of God that was lost through disobedience. It is in the heart of God that all men come to repentance to be saved. However, the choice to be saved is a decision that is made by the individual. In other words, viewers, you decide, you decide your future. This gospel that Jesus preached was simple. We read from Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. I think that is simple enough for men to respond to. After all, these were the words of Jesus. Jesus did not create magic portions of miracle drugs for people to buy. He did not deceive conscientious listeners into buying articles of faith, nor did he persuade them to join into a partnership that was based on perishable items rather than on heavenly things. Jesus was straightforward and direct. Let us turn to read Mark 1, 14-15. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. The gospel can be understood in this manner. Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire and Jesus is coming soon. Indeed, viewers, there is no better time to consider the salvation of your soul than the very present. This is not one soul that lives upon this earth that has a promise of tomorrow. In other words, should your life end during the course of the night, will you be ready to give an answer to the creator of all things? Paul tells us that after death, only judgment remains, and he was absolutely correct. After death, we can neither do good or bad. How we end this life is what will be used to judge us. In this scripture, Jesus gives us a clue to the critical times we live in. He also gives us exactly what we must do to escape the consequences of sin and obtain the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That is achieved through repentance and believing the gospel. What is repentance? Paul tells us that it is godly sorrowful sin. With what can we assimilate repentance? Well, after Peter not only denied the Lord three times, he went bitterly for his sins. And Jesus acknowledged his penitent heart. Reading Luke 22, 31 to 34, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. <clears throat> yes, it was a crucial time for Peter. At the time, he did not realize how great this gospel would be, nor what would be required of him to be found faithful. He found out through tests and trials how weak he was. Nevertheless, Jesus loved him. Jesus loves all mankind. It is in the heart of God that all men come to repentance. In Christ, there is no respect of persons. In him, there is neither Jew nor Gentile because the conclusion was, though the Jews were preferred because they had the oracles of God, still all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. And there is none righteous, no, not one. Well, what can we do to be saved? The answer is found in John 3, 5. In conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus was also preaching to a generation that was untoward God. Using the word verily is significant and expresses the compassion he had for the lost sheep of Israel. 
Verily means truthful, being truthful. Obviously, there were others who claimed to be the Messiah, just as this present day has its false Christ, false prophets, and false doctrines. The strongest opposition came from his own people, the Jews, who were unyielding in their traditions. Cults and idol worship were also prevalent, as described in Paul's epistles. In spite of this atmosphere of men doing what was right in their own eyes, Jesus said in a truthful manner that one must be born again. In other words, he meant, I am speaking the truth. On the same side of the coin, when Jesus says cannot, that is exactly what he means. This scripture emphasizes the necessity of water baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost in order to be found complete in him. The only way one can avoid this scripture is to take it out of the Bible, which unfortunately some scholars and denominations have done. This scripture does not mean to be born into the word, indicating an exclusion of water baptism. John 3, 5 implies no such thing. Being born again is just the natural birth by which we have inherited sin. And then of the rebirth in Christ, which removes our sins. Yes, one must be born of water and of the Spirit in order to enter into the kingdom of God. If in doubt, viewers, I encourage you to search the scriptures, for in them you will find eternal life. And it is the word which testifies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us read from 1 John 5, 6 to 8. This is he that come by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. John the Beloved clarifies the authenticity of Jesus by saying the Spirit beareth witness and the Spirit beareth truth. When attempting to fully understand the scriptures, we must trust in its author, Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. We should not be influenced by the findings of the theological experts, but be conscious of the truth found in the Spirit. It is obvious that Sanhedrin, which consisted of learned people of the time, opposed whatever Jesus did, even though his ministry included miracles never seen before. Though times have changed, the opposition remains the same. They denied the deity Jesus Christ and his name. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. Paul described it in his epistle, John, also when he said, And the Word was made flesh. Thus the Spirit, water, and blood confirmed Jesus as being the door to the kingdom of God. The Spirit, who is God himself, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Water and blood flowed from his wound as he hung on the cross, indicating there is life in him. Water baptism continues to be the act of a good conscience toward God. Jesus shed his blood, giving up his life as an atonement for sin. Like into the night of the first Passover, the presence of the blood of Jesus delivers the believer from all evil, harm, and danger. We are comforted by these words. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Thus you see three life-sustaining elements whose source is the true tree of life, Jesus Christ. We read in Acts 2.38, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, viewers, today is the day of salvation, if you will hear his voice. The name of Jesus is of the greatest importance, because without it, no one can be saved. And I repeat, no one. Peter, who was then filled with the Holy Ghost, was able to put the pieces of the significant gospel pictures together. He now could see things that he was unable to see and understand before. All of the words of Jesus were now coming to light. He spoke with enthusiasm and boldness, not fearing persecution. Thusly, the words he spoke to the populace of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost reinforced the words of Jesus spoken in John 3, 5. In other words, they both addressed the necessity of water baptism 
and of being filled with the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. We read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I wish to emphasize that the gospel of the kingdom of God must be taken seriously because it involves the salvation of the soul. Times and peoples have changed, but Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. The gospel we preach today is the self-same gospel Jesus and the apostles preach. Unlike fashion trends that follow the season of the year of the likes or dislikes of the consumer, the righteousness of God remains the same, and same sin remains distasteful. Israel held fast to its traditions and discounted every word and miracle performed by Jesus. In spite of being zealous for the righteousness of God, they still failed to see the prophecies and promises of God being fulfilled in Jesus. Furious, please, don't be burdened or confused by the many interpretations of the Bible. When it comes to salvation, Jesus simply asks you to listen and heed his words. He must be born again. I encourage you to look, take a good look at the path mankind has taken. It is very obvious that it is proceeding away from the Lord rather than getting closer to him. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life have swept many away from the doctrine that saved. It was not God's doing that it departed from the faith, but that people make a conscious choice to forsake him. In an age of proliferating reason, logic, and science, faith will be facing its most difficult adversary. We live in an era where accelerating technology fuels impatience. People do not exercise temperance, thus the world has increased in more violent behavior. For the present, the prince of this world is Satan, and in the words of Jesus, for the prince of this world cometh and had nothing in me. Today, though subtle, there exists a great controversy. Should mankind be governed by the precepts of the Bible? We turn and read to Proverbs 14, 12. And there is such a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'm sure you will agree that things are not as straightforward as they ought to be. In some circumstances, getting to the truth possesses the greatest difficulty. We see it in policies and the courts, in big businesses, and even amongst children. Today, contracts and agreements between parties must be clearly defined and clearly understood. Whether the effort involves a simple act of establishing a boundary between real estate or upon a mere global scale, like attempts to get world leaders to agree on peace, satisfactory negotiations will never be accomplished if there is any degree of distrust. In an era where moral and ethical principles are declining, semantics have become a tool for the defense and stretching of the truth. This has become an acceptable practice because it is perceived as protecting an individual's inalienable rights as a citizen, yet doing so protects one's selfish interests. Today, we have laws to primarily protect consumers from underhanded and shady business practices. Laws are written to prevent companies who merge so as to create a monopoly on a particular product, whereby controlling the cost of the product. We have laws that specify truth in lending and truth in advertising. Laws prevent inside trading in the investment world. There are unwritten laws of morals and ethics that require people who occupy positions of trust demonstrate lives that are lawfully, morally, and ethically sound. Why are these laws important? They are important because they keep greed, deceit, criminal activity, and consumer abuse under control. The Constitution of the United States protects every person's right to the freedom of speech and expression. These laws allow individuals to express their opinions without fear of retaliation from the government. However, on the other side of the same coin, sin is also being protected. Laws can no longer prevent the momentum of sin because laws can no longer restrain ideas and products no matter how immoral and unethical they may be. Paul hit the nail right on the head when he said, the strength of the sin is the law. Let us read in Romans 2, 1 to 2. Therefore thou art an inexcusable man, whatsoever thou art that judges. For when thou judges another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judges these, these the same things. 
but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Here the Apostle Paul cautions the listeners against an attitude towards self-righteousness. I'm sure at one time or another you have observed people who are quick to condemn and criticize others when they have no right to do so because they are guilty of the same things. We can testify what is found in the scriptures, how God always judges according to the truth. God always knows what the truth is. Enticing words or meaningless and ambiguous statements do not persuade him. The Lord knows the heart, the desires, the intentions, and the innermost thoughts of every person. Therefore, one cannot lie to him and expect to be successful at it. No will false testimony influence his decision. Jesus judges according to the truth. Let's read verses 11 to 16 of the same chapter. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts of meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Again and again, the Bible declares that God does not show partiality in judgment. It is clear from verse 11 that no one who continues in sin, no matter what his or her past experience or profession may have been, will not share in the glories to come when Jesus returns for his own. We need to remember that there is a judgment day coming, a day of reckoning, a day of setting accounts. If we are walking in the light of Christ and living righteously in this untoward God era, we need not fear. Instead of punishment and separation, we will receive a well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Though Paul was addressing the Gentiles at the time, the words he spoke then has meaning for us today, informing us how it is very easy to deceive oneself. He mentions in the scriptures how we can become a law unto ourselves. This meant inherited wisdom, knowledge, and understanding could fuel unbelief. The Gentiles acquired success without the knowledge of God and therefore became as gods and a law unto themselves. They resorted to their own wisdom, which allowed them to live in sin without the guilt and conviction of the word. Indeed, Jesus was correct when he said wisdom is justified of her children. No matter what decision people will come to, people will come be judged according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is no other gospel doctrine that was sent to mankind. Reading 2 John 1, 7 through 11, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is the deceiver and antichrist. Look to yourselves, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we have received a full reward. Whose transgressed and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Neither bid him God speed, for he hath bid it, him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Serving the Lord is not merely a mental assent to the truth, but of works and obedience to the truth. John spoke of impostors of the day, and today they continue to exist. Their intent is to cause confusion and doubt and lead people astray from the truth. What they promise has no substance to it and creates false hope and security. Jesus forewarned the disciples of what the last days would usher in. Wars and wars and rooms of wars, famines, pestilences, kingdoms rising against kings will be just the beginning of sorrows. If there is any say unto you, here is the Christ, believe it not, for false Christ and false prophets shall perform great signs and wonders, making the circumstances very persuasive, thus increasing the possibility of deceiving the very elect. Is the spirit of Antichrist in existence today? Why, certainly. We see the evidence in government, those who occupy positions of trust and influence, and in how people live and make decisions. Paul wrote, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Viewers, have you ever wondered why sin is referred to as a mystery? 
If the church does not adjust sin as being exceedingly sinful, the spiritual discernment to do so will be lost. Adam and Eve failed to see the wiles of the devil, and they stood before the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When they ate the fruit at the urging of the serpent, they disobeyed the known will of God. This tells us that we are weak and need to seek the strength of the Lord. David, as king, fell into adultery, knowing full well that it was wrong. He compounded the sin by conspiring to have Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, killed in battle. Though David was king, his sins pawned him out. Today, we see efforts to legalize same-sex marriages, in other words, changing the law to authorize two men or two women to marry each other. Homosexuality is an abomination in the eyes of the Lord and will remain to do so. However, mankind, who at one time did not yield to the outcries of the homosexual community, now falters in its steps. Politicians who seek re-election to political office are leading such faltering. The movement cries out for equal rights of citizens and the principles of the Bible cannot use to govern this new society. Mainstream religious denominations that condone clergy who are homosexual. Are things going awry in this world? Yes, it certainly is. As Paul stated, they are approved and excuse themselves, thus allowing sin to increase. We must realize that the stage is being set for Satan to reveal the false prophet and resurrection of the son of perdition with the likelihood of him being Judas Iscariot. These will reveal themselves in the tribulation period. The example of Sodom and Gomorrah speaks of an era engrossed in sin, disregarding every moral and ethical principle of the Lord. Let us read in Isaiah 5, 20, 21. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. I pray you have found this sermon informative and comforting. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Our church band will close out our program with this song entitled, Preach the Foursquare Gospel.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.